for some people, small, beautiful events is what life is all about. Hello and welcome to a Trap One flashcast. Uh, my name is Colin. I'm here with Pete. Hello. Uh, we are here at the BFI in London and we have just seen uh, Doctor Who and the Earthshock and we thought we would uh, provide a bit of commentary on this uh, this special event. Yeah, we, I think we're technically trapped too as we're out on the road. That's true, yeah. Uh, roving about. Uh, nice one, nice one. Uh, so yeah, so... Pete, how did you first see Earthshock, and do you like but, it? Um, yeah, it's all right. No, yeah, it's basically it's my story. It's my Desert Island Doctor Who story. So the idea of being able to see it on this big screen was just had to have me jumping up and down for joy uh, because it is one of the ones that I almost know by heart the script of. And uh, I, yeah, when I first saw it, I remember I was seven, um, and it, the ending was just so incredible. Uh, but you, we already knew from playground discussions that the Cybermen were the best monsters ever in Doctor Who and it was a tragedy that they hadn't been in it for such a long time and so for them to suddenly come back it was just all, it was just all perfectly timed for me and I, and I absolutely loved it yeah nice. uh, and, and, and it was the first one I managed to get a bootleg copy of as well when, when I can't I, say that, I can't say <laughs> that. I, yeah, Eric yeah. Sayward's here <laughs> oh god yeah and he's got a stick he might hunt me down um, yeah Cool. And yourself? Um, I don't think I saw it on transmission. I think there was like a year that our family lived in Switzerland and I missed um, a bunch of season 19. I think I just saw Castrovalva and then that was it. So I had to rediscover it on, uh, on video later. Um, so it's uh, fully sort of restored, upscaled and remastered and with 5.1 Sandbix by Marquez, who yes. was here. Um, what did you think of the the new kind of look and feel? Yeah, it really, just just like with the uh, the previous uh, Blu-ray set, they really look shiny and new, And but it's all done very respectfully. There's nothing too um, over the top about it. I noticed they did include, it was the, more like the version with the special features from the uh, DVD yeah. release. So we, we had slightly more souped up uh, laser rays from the That's guns and, uh, and it was a, uh, a more geographically a- accurate um, earth that, um, that loomed into view at the end and we got a little bit of the freighter as well. But it, it just looked fantastic on the big screen and sounded really good too. Things like the, in the quarry, in the, um, sorry, the quarry, force, <laughs> force of habit, in, uh, in, the, in the tunnels, the, uh, the drip drop of the, uh, of the rain and things like that that you can hear, are, it was all very 5.1 surround sound. Yeah, there was a good bit um, where the Cybermen are breaking out of, the, of their sort of containers uh, and there's some really, really good uh, surround sound on that. Um, so yeah, no, really good. Um, um, so what do you think? Um, looking back, looking at it again, I think it was some, some bits were unintentionally funny. I think it's that sort of collective <laughs> feel when you're with an audience that, that you, you know you can watch it at home and go, "This is a really serious Doctor Who, and it's really important." And then you can see it on the big screen with everyone, and you and I can just snigger all the way through. Uh, th- there were lines of dialogue, um, particularly about yeah, it, if, um, if you want to go down again, it's going to be hard. Is I think one of the most underreported lines of. Uh, uh, innuendo in Doctor Who so it was great uh, hearing that uh, up, up, on, up on the big screen but I only just got that actually I, I have sat and watched that guy that trooper saying if you're going to go down again it's going to be hard for 30 something years and it only occurred to me that it was really really funny today so I hope I didn't spoil anyone else's enjoyment by laughing a little bit too loudly at that well, the other thing, but also it is a funny script there are funny no, no, no. there are intentionally funny moments <laughs> in it yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just found the Cybermen funny because they're massive looming heads when they're yeah. trying to talk to each other yeah and the sort of 
slightly um, angst things that they would say to each other. Like it's like, leader, we have activated that, and he would go, no, don't do that. There's a, yeah, there's uh, a real line <coughs> management issue going on between the uh, the cyber yeah. leader and the cyber lieutenant. The um, some report. <laughs> yeah, and, and he like he says to him, could they have destroyed the bomb? And he goes. Yes, leader. <laughs> and it's just. But the, most of the dialogue is the cyber leader telling uh, the rest of the cybermen to prepare or activate something. Yes, press that button. No, press that button. <laughs> prepare the laser beam, you know. And so, yeah, no, it's all good. It's all, all in good fun. And Well, and, and it makes the cybermen, I mean, and full credit to David Banks for, for not doing the thing of making the cybermen an utterly blank robotic thing, which they have been in the past to great effect. But, and it's, it's Christopher Robbie's Revenge of the Cybermen, Cyberly, this sort of coming through a bit, isn't it? And, and, and being, why not be a bit? Oh, yeah. Put, put some character into it, just because you're being logical. It doesn't mean you can't have any character at all. You can kind of stretch that. But I didn't realise that... Um, for a part of the scenes that David Banks was replaced by Jeremy Clarkson when he was more power <laughs> which got the biggest laugh it did, um, uh, it, did go, it did go down well but um yeah, no, that, I think the whole thing... Look, it's, it's, it's a classic story, isn't it? Someone I want to give particular credit... One thing... And it's also it's kind of two stories. There's this one-part story about some people who go down the caves and then there's some mysterious killings that the Doctor gets blamed for. And then a three-part story commences with an opening episode where the Doctor goes into the cellar of a spaceship and gets accused of killing some people. And it all just really um, hangs together really well. But despite it being... A repeat, basically. Episode two is pretty much another episode one in a different location. Yeah, definitely. So we are, by the way, (laughs) there's a bit of background noise because we are recording this just like in a corridor, a space corridor of the BFI. It really is a space corridor. It is a space corridor. Um, We're going to have to blast through those doors in a minute. Yes. Um, So... uh, um, Can I mention Scanner Guy in episode one? I've do. never particularly noticed how it's much... Terribly the, posh. The, the terribly posh guy using the scanner. Um, um, I'm looking, scanning down the cast list, trying to remember what his name is. Um, is it Steve Morley as Walters? It might be. Um, he's, he really carries it. He has a lot of work to do. Uh, and he's... Hello. Do you need us to get out of the way? Is there somebody who is in charge of... I don't know. We're we just don't. recording We don't know. <laughs> Sorry. Are you OK? Yeah. Maybe this lady? Is there something wrong? I know uh, it's no, we're just for. Uh, I'm a technician, so I can try to. Cool. So, scanner guy, scanner guy, scanner guy, scanner guy. Who I know, of course, is called Steve Morley, the actor playing Walters. Now, yeah, but he basically just has to sit there looking at the thing and keep saying the same sort of stuff for 20 minutes, and he does it just right. He just manages to. The tension just keeps building. It's really well, and I guess the director gets a lot of credit for that. It is. It's, a, it's like um, Aliens before Aliens. I think it's been said countless times. But that whole kind of tracking device and all these, uh, you know, the setup. And, the, and then again, I, I got the whole um, Sigourney Weaver vibe off Janet for about two minutes as she got the the gun strapped on. I think yeah. That's, uh, right. So one one of the things that irks me uh, a little bit in, in, when, when fans get talking is people talk about the Eric Sayward era as being all macho and all guns and it's all just people running around shooting each other and everyone dies. But but um, it's but then look at I mean look at Earthshock. You've got a, a ship that's being controlled by two women. You've got Janet Fielding yeah. grabbing the gun and going off into battle. Um, yes, Nissa doesn't get much to do this week, but she had two roles last week. So that, it's that, a real balance. That really struck me. As, um, she basically talk, tells everyone about the magnetic field and opens and closes the TARDIS doors at the right point, <laughs> which is really sad. Mm. It just really hits home how underused Sarah Sutton is, in the, uh, particularly in this. Um, but yeah, no, it was. Um, it's still, to me an absolute 
I hope Classic. she got paid twice for Black Orchid. I bet she didn't. Don't know. Maybe her agent should have worked on that. So, um, what? So the other thing to say is perhaps that um, this was obviously part of the BBC's promotion for the new Blu-ray box set, which is now, I think, out on December the tenth. We hope. Um, yeah. Uh, and look, uh, we had um, we had Mark Ayres and Paul. Uh, I can't remember his his second name. Who's the sort of producer of lots of the special features on it? And I think we're again in for another treat with um, the Blu-ray box set features. Yeah, we got to see quite a lot of it, didn't we? Yeah, they're, they're really obviously really going to town with this. But also, um, but, uh, but then I say actually going to town is the wrong phrase to use. The the, the, the documentaries and everything really pushed the boat out. But also, it was great hearing Marquez talk about how he always asks himself, "Does this serve the story? Does this?" He's, he, is, he, he is, is not going to throw the key. He is a sink. master craftsman. Yeah, he, he, the, just the the level of technical. You know, quality that he always brings to everything he ever does. Yeah. He's so, so high, and the sort of um, his love for it as well. And um, he, kn- he knows just when to put a little flourish, a little embellishment in, like ex- like 3D, 3D um, water trickling in the, in the caves, but he's not going to go mad and. 3D water. 3D water oh, trickling, I think. It, uh, yeah, that. <laughs> um, good, yeah. Now, we got to see some clips from uh, the interview that Matthew Sweet did with Peter Davison. Um, which was uh, which is going to be which is good. I think I don't think we saw all of it. We probably saw about fifteen minutes of it. Yeah, it's probably yeah. a bit longer. Which they filmed at um, Cranley Hall and Castavalva Rock Place. <laughs> uh, I hope it's on Google Maps. Is that <laughs> Castavalva Rock Place? We should mark it as that. Um, so again, I think it's going to be it's going to be good just just to have um, the kind of behind the sofa stuff. Anything with Janet doing um, commentary is going to be phenomenal. Yeah, so. she, it's amazing. Why isn't she presenting quiz shows on TV or something? Mm-hmm. Well, it she would bore be. her senseless, probably. That's why. But why isn't she on TV all the time? Because she is just such a such charisma. Um, she's fantastic. So yeah, no, that's something we we can all look forward to uh, in a few weeks. And um, at the end, we had. Um, Eric Saywood and Matthew Waterhouse come on stage and we had been told beforehand that they Mm. had met in the green room and uh, shaken hands. Uh, and for, certainly from Matthew's perspective, it were, there was never any sort of bad blood or anything like that. He just thought it was, uh, it was, he was written out. He knew he was going to be written out. Um, and uh, he thought it was a really good end for it. And, uh, yeah, he, I mean, he as an actor. Lot, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. And he, he was very enthusiastic about, how he, uh, about his, his, uh, his, his eventual fate being a really dramatic moment. And he'd rather have, he was obviously pleased that he got that rather than something more of a, just a contract roulette. I'm just staying here for no reason. Uh, having, sorry, contract roulette. Like copyright it's copyright flight through <laughs> copyright other, other podcasts <laughs> may also have used that term before us good cool just good one other, so j- jumping back um, monsters in the TARDIS is Earthshock the first time that some monsters get in the TARDIS and kill some people in the TARDIS uh, poor, old, poor old Professor Kyle um, uh, slowly, who did, slowly yeah. lowering herself to the ground. Yeah, yeah just very also gently. Uh, and her voice, she really reminds me of um, Damaris Heyman from um, from The Demons. And I want to write some fanfic now where it turns out that she's the great, great, great granddaughter of um, Olive Hawthorne and Sergeant Benton. Uh, big finish, watch out, that's going to be hitting your slush pile any day soon. Because, um, yeah, but she, but she grabs the gun and then gets shot. But it's kind of... I don't know. It's a noble. It's a noble death because she because she was she's not a soldier. She, but but she she did a bit to try and help Nissa. 
she did, but I mean, I don't think she was. She was just kind of lead lead them into peril in episode one, uh, lead them out, stay in the TARDIS, uh, and it just she just wasn't explored, right? You, you know, they, what, what would have been good to know is what they were doing in the caves in the first place. You know, what they were, you know, how it linked. Maybe there's some more linking that could have gone on there. I don't, um, but there well, were lots it, it of could, guest cast. Really. I mean, in the old days, uh, yeah, and, and I mean, three or four years earlier, this would so easily have been a six-part story, and, and there, would, there was so much you would have had two episodes in the caves, and then four episodes on the spaceship, and yeah. it wouldn't, there wouldn't no. that wouldn't have been flabby at all. Yeah. Um, that would have been a perfectly. That's a plenty of story for a, for a Doctor Who six-parter. It's still really tight there. The way it's done, the, you know, the way it's done, you know, you know what's going to happen. Rewatching it, it's still got that rewatch value. Um, it, uh, yeah. Episode one, still super tight, um, great build up, really good editing, uh, back forward, back forward, um, still really works. Yeah, I love it. And uh, in the audience, there were a few um, oh, yeah. fond titters, uh, the uh, particularly uh, um, with the uh, typewriter that's about to explode, and poor old Matthew, Matthew Waterhouse sort of recalling from it before it does so. Um, but at the actual ending, uh, um, there was a, a moment of somber silence. Uh, followed by applause. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then the credits went on for ages. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In silence. You really notice how long the credits last when there's no music playing and you're sitting in a room with several hundred people who are all very hungry. But, but yeah, no, there were lots of, you know, lots of um, sort of Doctor Who luminaries there. Mm-hmm. And there was a, a quiz question uh, about uh, in, uh, in the five-ish Doctors, who were the three people waiting to be... Uh, waiting to be made up as Daleks um, and the person that answered that was in fact Frank Skinner who was in the audience which was good and yeah. obviously he won that won that yeah, the, the, did a really good job yeah. not, um, not often somebody who's attending a conven- convention can win a competition by answering a the question with the in. question and the answer is me uh, I yeah. love Frank Skinner yeah he's great he's great yeah and so I just can't wait to come back next week for Time Flight basically that's um, right I'll, I'll be here um, yes, I'll be here as well. I'll be arriving <laughs> by Concord. You're not your ushers, you're not. <laughs> no, we're not. No, 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 no. It keeps happening. I, I, no, no, thank you. I've never been mistaken for someone yes. who knew what he was doing. Yes, the trap <laughs> to uh, usher uh, team. Uh, okay. All right, I think, uh, I think we're reaching I, conclusion. I think so, yeah. So anyway, yeah. In yeah. conclusion, Earthlock's really good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, in conclusion, 36 years later, we can reveal that Earthlock Earthshock is pretty good. It's pretty awesome, yep. actually. And in the scheme of things, it was a tough decision to take. They could have had all the extra publicity, but ultimately keeping Beryl Reed under wraps until episode two just gave it that extra hit, which uh, I, th- I think is what makes us all remember it for the legend that it is. You're right, mister. <laughs> All right, brilliant. Well, thank you um, to Mark for letting us record this, recording uh, live by satellite from the BFI. Um, I'm Colin. I'm Pete. And uh, we're signing off and see you next time. Bye.